Hello, and welcome to Deconstruct. My name is Fitzgerald Pucci. There are many myths in American society that are causing us to act against our own interests, and Deconstruct's goal is to shed light and give clarity on these myths. Together, we'll trace the origins of the myths our society has forgotten the history of. We'll follow the money trail of the people and institutions who benefit from these myths, and we'll study together how each myth changed the way our world works. Our goal is to equip a listener with a multitude of lenses to see each myth with a fresh perspective and give them the power to reach their own conclusions. Do you remember the last conversation you had with a person about the weather? Probably not. Have you felt as though you were pulled through a conversation like it was something on a factory assembly line? Have you ever been talking with someone and just wanted so badly to bring something personal or powerful up, only to shrug it off and say nothing? Our society has a deep problem with empathetic communication. And this issue comes from the dual set of problematic myths. They work together. One of them... These two myths work together to deeply discourage American folks from coming to a deeper sense of connection with the people around them. They're two myths that we're going to have to simultaneously address together if we hope to heal the way we've been conditioned to not know how to communicate with each other. The first myth is a myth of danger. This myth convinces us that the act of being vulnerable will leave us susceptible to attack and harm at any and every opportunity. It normalizes the idea that people will look for any and every opening they can to prey upon the softness of another human being. The other myth is a myth of predation. This myth uses the fear imposed from its counterpart to teach a society that attacking and preying on the vulnerable is the most effective means to get ahead. It normalizes the idea that the intent to steal the resources of another person by energetically attacking each weak point will lead to success. These two myths reinforce each other. The myth that constructs the fear of attack and the myth that attacks fear. When put together, it creates a dark normalization of a concept we'll call social vampirism. I used to work in a country club during the summer, playing golf with a lot of rich folks in my county. I've seen what this looks like. I've seen the aspect of it take full effect on the golf course a lot of times. Many of the folks with money have completely transformed their communication to something that is in a constant state of offensive. It's a form of constant emotional aggression that almost acts like energetic warfare. It's absolutely draining to spend time around these kinds of people because they are willingly and knowingly draining the people around them to nourish their own sense of selves. There's a significant danger around people that act like this, and there's a lot to be said of the prevalence of this kind of personality in the upper echelons of wealth. There are a lot of vampires out there to reinforce the twin myths that benefit their particular style of predation. 
But how does this affect the way we interact with each other? I couldn't count the number of times I've been attacked by people that want to turn my attention into their meal. Each time I come across someone who uses some kind of trick to steal my attention, I remember it. A collective number of times in which we have to protect ourselves from energetic microaggressions in our daily lives has given us the need to create an entire language of interaction that keeps us far from the possibility of being attacked. I will recognize that a lot of this comes with the safety for attacks to look like uh, energetic put-downs, ver verbal bullying. I know in a lot of cases the uh, tactics used to keep people that don't have as much privilege down often kill people, either quickly or slowly. It's a lot of privilege to not see these threats with a particular sense of concern for one's life, because not everyone has that. Well, like I said, the, the interaction that I have had has been in some of the most privileged places in the county, like a social club of vampires. And they have normalized the attack of other people so thoroughly that vulnerability just seems outright dangerous. So instead, to keep safe within the walls of a zero-risk conversation, we have been taught to use the structures of the capitalist society we live in to clumsily navigate our way through conversations. We talk about what sports teams we follow, what entertainment we consume, what our work is, how big our families are, also being really careful to avoid any actual conversation about the real components of our family lives. We speak these points not because they help us connect with each other, but because we know these things are safe from attack. So many people's conversations are driven by the fear of being exposed or vulnerable, much differently and much rather than the intent to create connections with other people. It's clear as day what that effect has on our relationships. They're just a tangled web of surface-level connections. Not only is it deeply fulfilling to make podcasts that bring new perspectives on society to folks, with Anchor, it's incredibly simple. It's a free podcast host with tons of creation tools that help make cut and polished podcasts straight from your phone or computer. Anchor makes podcasting simple. They distribute your work to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other major platform distributors. They come with a built-in advertising system so you can make money without a minimum listenership. It's got everything you need to make a fantastic podcast in one place. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In order to cope with this mundane and boring sort of communication, so many of us depend on topics to, I guess, give some means of enrichment. Again, this is from a really privileged perspective, the kind of privilege that one can have to make the conditions of life in 2020 seem not all that urgent, which is way too much privilege. And the people who get bored of playing it safe begin 
to embrace the deeply ironic concept of gossip. And there we see a, th a clear threshold, a line in the sand, where people move themselves from the defensive safety of predictable conversation towards something a little extra in the form of gossip. They begin to engage in the exact same kind of strategic verbal and emotional abuse that their original language tools were created to protect themselves from. In the search for a more exciting and fulfilling form of communication, an act of deep hypocrisy occurs that begins to immediately corrode the fabric of one's social integrity. We get caught up in the promise of something more interesting and internalize something that is deeply untrue, creating an impossibility that festers within us. It's a dangerous myth. It's a dangerous myth because of that festering and how it causes a state of constant tension with us. In the hopes that we're going to be finding something fulfilling and instead running towards a poison. There's got to be a better way to address the desire for more fulfilling conversations and more powerful friendships. Societally, we've trained ourselves away from the aspect of vulnerability, and we've trained ourselves towards the destructive practice of energetic predation. Between the twin myths keeping this gross means of communication alive, there's a weak point for us to find power against. The myth of fear depends on the presence of energetic parasites, and the myth of predation depends on people being afraid to be vulnerable. When one becomes less afraid of speaking vulnerably, they disrupt the twin myths entirely and shock the system they create to its very core. In a world that's trained itself to hyperfocus on the weaknesses and shortcomings of other individuals, it takes unbelievable courage to put one's own shortcomings into the public discussion. But the reward of such an act is so powerful. It creates an active existential threat to parasitic systems and abusive people who depend on attacking and stealing energy from others to sustain themselves. Because they get threatened in these circumstances, sometimes a reaction of lashing out or digging into vampiric practices just happens. I take this as a sign of desperation as well as the recognition of some aspect of their insecurity. When an individual puts their lives into conversational visibility, they immediately become better equipped to handle the conversation than any bully or parasite in the room could possibly handle. When one opens a discussion up to things that are deeply meaningful and personal, the stories we have to tell of what made us into who we are, the hopes and aspirations we have, and the passions that we hold close to us that keep going through, the passions that we hold close to us that keep us going through the mundane stuff and the mistakes we want to heal from, the confusion about life that we experience constantly but never give ourselves permission to speak about, that is exactly what happens. When someone comes to the table and offers the content of their personal selves, it gives everyone around them the permission to depart from the protective shell, hindering their ability to connect. 
When someone challenges the silent norm of impersonal communication, it gives everyone in the room a deeper sense of power. Power to think, power to feel, power to listen, and power to connect in a deeper sense of our complexity. If there's anything I want to try and impart in the beginning of this podcast, is that we are all incomprehensibly complex and beautiful people. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode of Deconstruct. I hope that you've received a new perspective on the way we communicate as people and have found a new bit of clarity. If you have any thoughts, if you have any feedback, any recommendations on future topics to cover, you can reach us on Deconstruct on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find the link for us on Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Deconstruct Podcast. We just came up with a brand new Facebook group. It's called Deconstruct Memes for Rehumanizing Teens. And we'll be having a direct fan community and base for us to be able to have conversations about where we're at in our journey and what we want to see next. One of the most powerful things we can do as people is to have conversations with each other. So if you know any friends that you think could take some new wisdom from Deconstruct, it would mean the world to me if you had a conversation with them about us. If you have something that you'd like to talk with us about, we are happy to share and open the space for you to express yourself. I wish you peace, I wish you joy, I wish you health, and I wish you safety. Stay cool, stay sharp, and stay beautiful. I love you, and I'll see you again soon. I'm Fitzgerald Pucci, and this is Deconstruct. Deconstruct.